Welcome to the Marketing Millennials, the No BS Marketing Podcast. I'm Daniel Murray, and join me for unfiltered conversations with the brains behind marketing's coolest companies. The one request I tell our guests, stories or it didn't happen. Get ready to turn the f*** up. Every line matters in an in-depth post. Every line has a purpose in an in-depth post. And if you're not writing that with a, a strong hook at the beginning, some valuable facts in the beginning, a CTA at the end, it's not going to do anything. Same with like a video. If it doesn't have a good hook, if it doesn't have a good punchy tip, it doesn't have an ending there, it's not going to do much. Daniel Murray, thank you so much for being part of the Social Pros community. First of all, for being on the podcast today. We decided I should probably say hello to you and welcome you on the podcast. We've got two Daniels, both with Ohio roots. So uh, to avoid confusion, uh, Daniel is introducing Jan- Daniel today. But we're, we've got a lot of talk to talk about in, uh, on the episode today. Sales Impact Academy, Marketing Millennials. Why don't we do this? For those in our community who maybe don't already know you, I think a lot of them do, but for those who don't, give us just uh, the quick run around what you've been up to on a couple of those different fronts. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Sales Impact Academy, we're building out a media arm there. So how I think about media is there's top of funnel, which is obviously social, there's PR, there's creators, there's that top of funnel where you're trying to attract attention and then this middle of funnel where we're trying to bring in people to something like a podcast or a newsletter or a virtual event. And then there's bottom of funnel where obviously the bottom of funnel for SIA are courses, live events, maybe going to maybe have a coach go in live. So right now I'm focusing on on the top of funnel, which right now we're focused on LinkedIn uh, and personal brands and then middle funnel, which we're focusing on newsletters and podcasts. And then on the marketing millennial side, um, marketing millennials just growing out the the LinkedIn page. The LinkedIn page just crossed 450K. Also growing out my newsletter and have my own podcast too. Newsletters have about 40K marketers. It's, I like to think of it as the newsletter for marketers starting out because I think that I think of it as the top of the T in the T-shaped marketer. I think every marketer should know everything about marketing. So I try to go broad there. And then there are newsletters that go in in depth. And then podcasts, I just try to bring on cool guests in marketing. I love that you just referenced the T because uh, that's something I used to talk about too, was like the T-shaped marketer. And it's rare to find someone who is both the horizontal and the vertical axis of the T. Uh, You, I think, fit that to a T. You've done a lot with both uh, both platforms and on LinkedIn in particular, you've grown that the marketing millennials community in just just a couple of years to like uh, almost now 450,000, which is incredible. Congratulations on that. That is definitely a, a big milestone. You know, on the Sales Impact Academy side, what what sort of led you to to say, hey, I'm going to go do that. That that's an interesting space and and thing I want to go build and try. Yeah, um, it's funny because I actually was a marketing ops person most of my career. And then I actually was working with the head of marketing here just on the side at Dooley, helping him at Dooley with their media planning. And then 
he said, do you want to come to SIA and do marketing operations? And I'm like, nope, I'm over marketing operations. I'm done with that. Um, I would rather not do that. And he's like, okay, well, I have an interesting thing. Do you want to do media here? And I was like, okay, this is a cool opportunity to do that. Also, I have a deep passion from the marketing side of that it's hard to learn marketing in college and marketing moves so fast that they don't really teach everything in college, especially social and especially the up and coming things. So the Sales Impact Academy was basically building what I want to build on the sales side where they teach sales to salespeople because you don't really learn sales in college. Not all the knowledge of sales is trapped. You also depend on your first boss to be successful in your career. So I was interested in what they were building for the sales side thing. And I also have the same passion of doing that for the marketing millennials. So I thought it was a great intersection between marketing millennials and then sales impact academy. Yeah, it's so funny. I used to be one of those people, especially early in my career, where I didn't believe it when people said like everybody's a salesperson. Um, I kind of was in denial and it really is true. So uh, social pros listeners definitely go check out Sales Impact Academy. There's a lot of great courses on there. And, you know, we don't like to think of our roles as being in sales, but there's elements of sales to it. It doesn't have to be the overt finger gun pointing, stereotyped, awful depiction of sales, but there's a lot of really helpful courses. And Dana, one of the things that I'm a huge fan of um, just right away from looking at all the courses is that you do have social selling for LinkedIn, which first off, I'm really going to need everybody to promote this class because I know we all get the worst cold outreach on LinkedIn. Like I think I get like dozens of messages every single month just from horrible, horrible cold outreach emails. But definitely go check out Sales Impact Academy for yourself. But then also go check out what Daniel is doing there too, because Daniel, I just want to jump right into it. Your approach on LinkedIn is really, really fun for Sales Impact Academy. And I feel like, one, I'm not going to spoil it for everybody because I'd love for you to go into detail about what it is, how you do it, and how you got there. But when you first start taking a look at it, you're like, technically, this goes against what we've been taught as brands to do, but you're seeing some really amazing success in, in your posts and what you're saying. It's really resonating with your audience. So could you give everybody just a little preview about how exactly you approach LinkedIn for Sales Impact Academy and some of the success that you're seeing there. To be honest, it's just starting. We're just trying to figure out a lot of things. There's a lot of cool things we want to do. Right now, it's just foundational building. I think when people think about personal pages, I mean, in company pages, I think they forget that LinkedIn is not... You can go one route where you're trying to attract employees and be a ticker of like okay, this is what's happening in our company. Or you can go the other route where I think of it as, could this be the best place to get sales information for sales professionals? And I think of it as a place where if I double down and share like the best sales tips and tricks, then salespeople will want to follow it instead of thinking of it as, okay, let me just promote SIA. Let me promote the courses we have. I think of social as staying top of mind with your audience. And the only way to stay top of mind is give them relevant stuff that they want to hear. And usually that has nothing to do about your company and everything to do with about them. So the way I think about it is just keep sharing tips. There's, we're going to go in more depth tips of like breaking down sales. Just right now, starting off, we just, there's not much resources to do that. And there's a lot of other people. I also think about it in another approach is 
where there's SIA and then what I'm trying to work up now is build up personal brands in this inside of SIA too, because I think we have a unique opportunity SIA because we have some great salespeople and have great salespeople sharing great content. It looks great for sales impact Academy. So double downing on personal brands that are sharing great content makes it look like we're a trusted expert. We have expertise. So with Morgan Ingram, Alex Elaine, Elliot Boyle, um, trying to get Tony Jackson, the CRO to post more, having their personal brands too. So it's like a double porn approach of SIA being everywhere in personal brands, but also being there in the company page as well. There really is a beautiful way to use LinkedIn because I'm sure in, obviously this is, you know, my own LinkedIn feed and totally dependent upon who I follow and who I'm connected with, but it feels like exactly like what you just mentioned, Daniel, where there's still a lot of brands who are on LinkedIn just still so focusing on like, hey, here's our webinar, go attend it. Or, hey, here's a new course, go sign up for it. Or, hey, here's a new brand thing for you. Go do this thing for our brand, which is like, okay, yeah, like that's sure to be expected, but not the best engagement opportunity. Or there's a lot of like, almost like diary-like LinkedIn posts now. So it feels like just your posts really stand out because like exactly like you mentioned, you're highlighting real people. You're tagging real people. But not only that, you're letting them do all of the really like speaking for you. Like I'm so impressed with how you find these gem of quotes, these beautiful quotes, and you're able to write one single sentence as SIA and really give credit. And it just explodes. People really love this approach. It really connects. The problem with social media and a problem with just companies as well, especially B2B companies, is when you're growing a social media following or you're growing something, you need to separate your goals. I think the first goal of growing a social media is is the only way to know you're growing is engagement and following. Like, how else could you track that? And I think the problem is when you have another goal on top of it of having, now let's bring in more leads and let's bring in more event attendees, then there's two goals you're competing with and then you're doing bad behaviors. I think the first thing you need to focus on is what is the goal of the page? Right now, the goal is just SIA is not known. Let's get SIA everywhere and have attention on SIA. Once we figure out getting more attention, then I can figure out the second goal of like, does this convert into courses? Does this convert into newsletter subscribers? Does this convert? But I think the first goal is let's just show that we could build a following, show that we are credible, show that we are trusted, be in everybody's feed every single day. And then the next goal is to have that. And I think when you think of it in different steps of goals, then you do that. Because I know by looking at the data that salespeople are following Sales Impact Academy, I know by looking at the data that salespeople are interacting with that. So I know it's our audience. I also know that it's converting to newsletter subscribers because I see it converting from Morgan's newsletter and I see it converting to Alex Elaine's newsletter. So I know it's doing that for us as well. So once we build up a following, then I could think, but also, I also think that a lot of people think there's, you have to go the whole funnel of saying social to all the way to sale where or social, I think there's also top of funnel and then you can give them in more in depth content, giving them middle funnel content, which is a newsletter, a podcast, a blog or whatever, but in a creative way to pushing them over there. And then if they like that even more, then you get them down the funnel. So I think people think you were too quickly. I think 
it takes a long time to get that. And if you're in the top of mind for a long period of time, then you eventually will achieve that. But you have to play the long game. I almost wish you could just say that again about 20 times and we would just close the podcast with that. What you just said there about competing goals kind of introduce bad behavior is true of 99. What's just called 100% of marketers in general. They just allow themselves to try to do too much. You know, and one of the things I find so compelling about Sales Impact Academy, just from the the post structure itself, getting into kind of the nitty gritty, is that they're not overly designed graphics. They're, they actually make a big use of sort of negative space. It's just like pretty simple. This is who said it, and this is what they said. And I, I wonder, I certainly, I wish more companies and brands on LinkedIn would do that. I just wish more people would do that in general. I feel like there's, you know, too much done in a thing, too much on a PowerPoint slide, too much in a post. We try to use it as if it's a nutrition facts box and no one wants to read those. But I wonder too, if you've tested different formats and you you have seen that that's what works. Simple is better. People respond to that more favorably. This is my honest truth about LinkedIn and some people will not like it and some people will. I think there's a lot of bad content on LinkedIn. And I think what that's caused people to do is not want to consume longer pieces of content. So I think what I'm doing right now just stands out in the feed quicker. And it's a he- it's like a headline of a blog post. Like you read it, you get interested. It's like quick It gets to the point really fast. You don't have to spend hours reading it. I think there is also an opportunity for brands to go in more depth posts. But when I say that is, if you're going to write longer posts, and I right now I'm just not the best. I'm a one-person team, so I, I, I honestly admit I'm not the best writing sales content. So once I get someone that can help me with that, I can go more in depth. But I think if you write in depth posts, every line matters in an in depth post. Every line has a purpose in an in-depth post. And if you're not writing that with a, a strong hook at the beginning, some valuable facts in the beginning, a CTA at the end, it's not going to do anything. Same with like a video. If it doesn't have a good hook, if it doesn't have a good punchy tip, it doesn't have an ending there, it's not going to do much for you on LinkedIn. I think right now, when you have not enough resources, you just figure out the most scrappy way until you can figure out to do the most in-depth. I have a, a roadmap to do more things, but I think sometimes you just have to do things until you, you get resources. And this is what I could do for now until I can get resources to do more things. But I also think the way you create better content on LinkedIn or anything is you need someone with expertise to do that. And I think what I mean by expertise, there's two ways of thinking about content marketing. One is someone who has been a salesperson or has been in the, the industry that knows how to write, they can put out words that would resonate with their audience. Or you need someone who might've came from like a journalist background that could do deep research, deeply understand the audience, deeply go in depth and then write, write content that I think a lot of times when people put out content, they just put in like blab a, a blog post that's been out there a lot for me. Once I get more resources to have like a sales creator that can help me write things or a sales ghostwriter that can write me, help me write sales content in more in depth. I think the best way to do that is take quotes from people who are doing it right now that are sales creators, hype up their voice, hype out what they're saying. Cause I think that's the best way to do it for now. 
For at least sales, but Impact Academy. Yeah, I mean, for me, at least gives me the um, instinct to stop. And when I'm scrolling on LinkedIn, when I see that kind of post, because it's easy to consume. Just this morning, I saw uh, it was an ad, a sponsored post from a uh, a company. And the graphic had in it, I, I kid you not, like a click here to learn more, which you cannot do, obviously, on a still graphic. Uh, it had a phone number, it had a website, and then it also had a call to action to join the email list. And I'm like, oof. I don't even know where this was intended to be used, let alone definitely not on LinkedIn. Uh, so it it feels like you're what you are doing is almost tailor-made for people's attention spans and just desire to kind of get some, honestly, some relief from the noise. And that is that is a almost a public service. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, also, I also think it's funny because I think... You have to speak the language of a platform you're on. I think every platform has a different language. What I've learned from just like great advertisers and stuff like that is if something's working, you don't stop it until it stops working. And a lot of people just think they should stop it because of feedback of a couple people saying that's a stupid thing to do. Or, But I think until this stops working, I'm going to keep doing it. But I'm also going to keep testing some things on the side and trying to see if that works as well. I'm not going to just double down 100% on this. I'm going to test LinkedIn Lives. I'm going to test longer form content when I get resources. But I think when you have something that's working, just double down. And and I think also, going back to what I said before, it's all goal dependent too. I think whatever the goal of the page is, for me, I want it to be the best place to consume quick sales content and just get attention for Sales Impact Academy because Sales Impact Academy isn't known as well as some other places out there. Like two, three months ago, we had 8,000 followers. Now we have 36,000 followers. So now more, we're in more people's feeds, more people are seeing us. So what I'm trying to do is a different purpose. I think some other people's purposes might be employer branding, some other purpose, but I think it all depends where you're starting, where your goal is. And I think it also comes from chatting honestly with like, and selling the vision internally with your team and saying like, this is what I we're doing and this is why we're doing it and why we're doubling down on this. And I think some people see the vision and I'm lucky to work for people who see a vision of like media being a way to unpack this. I think a lot of people, but it also took me time to just show them that it works and show them what happens when, when you do it. So I think you need to do both, but it also takes some selling internally. Going back to what you said, everything is selling in marketing and life. Yeah, you definitely got to sell those, especially those little wins at first sometimes to get those ideas through, um, which Daniel obviously has worked for you because um, you're seeing a lot of success with um, Sales Impact Academy and what you're doing there. Even though I also want to underscore, we kind of glossed over this, but you are a team of one right now. So the fact that you're accomplishing all of this just as like one solo person is huge. But you also, in addition to seeing some of those successes over at SIA, you're also seeing a ton of success, as Daniel mentioned at the top of the podcast, uh, you're seeing a ton of success with the market millennials. So let's talk a little bit, let's shift gears and talk a little bit about that because you're a team of one um, on one side and then a team of one on the other, but for totally different audiences. So wondering if you could talk through your approach with really building up the marketing millennials community? Because obviously there's a couple of different components here. There's a newsletter, you have a LinkedIn community, you have a podcast. So talk through how your approach shifts and changes 
to the marketing millennials efforts? The marketing millennials, I would say, has more of a mature like LinkedIn audience. So now the focus like we'll talk, is how could I still bring attention to the marketing millennials, but now convert them into middle funnel, which is podcast and newsletter, which is doing pretty well. The lot in three months, it's gone from zero to 40K newsletter subscribers. So it's growing really fast. And that's all from building up a LinkedIn following. So it's not like, I would say 80% of it came or 70% of it came from just organic social. And that's why I think the power is playing the long game in social. A lot of people just think of, if I just sold 90% of the time at the beginning of the marketing millennials, this wouldn't have happened. I just waited a year and a half to two years to even ask for anything. And the way I asked for stuff is pretty sly. It's more like, hey, if you want to join, you can. If you don't, like just stay and enjoy content. Honestly, because my the way my mission is just to have a place for marketers to consume good content. And also the way I think about marketing millennials is if you go back just five years ago or now or even more longer, every, there were meme pages on, I think of as a meme page, you know, there's not only memes on there, but just think of like Instagram and other sites where they were just, people were big on those sites because they were sharing like cool, punchy interesting stuff. And I, nobody was doing that on LinkedIn. So I, I just found a gap in the market at that time. I think there's still a gap there too, because a lot of B2B companies just don't think about it. But I still think that it, my approach is not the approach for everybody. I think that the way I think about it is I went back to like the why I wanted to do things. And for me, it's, having a break in the day on a LinkedIn feed where you can laugh, have entertainment, get quick info. I know it's not supposed to be something where you're supposed to get. And it, like I said before, like, if you want more in-depth content, you just come to my newsletter. I write more about it. You can come to my podcast. You could hear more about this, but LinkedIn's just a place to get quick information that you like or not. If you don't want it, you can go if you want more, you can go today. If you don't want it, you could tune it out. So I think there's that's my approach with Mark Millennials. But right now I'm focusing on middle funnel. But it, I think it took me time to even start focusing on middle funnel. So I think focusing on one thing at a time is the key to social. Even when, that's why I give hats off to all social people out there who are managing multiple channels at multiple times. Because I think truly, if you're one person team, it's hard to even focus on two at one time. So I think... Nailing down one platform, being great in one platform, having that platform as the platform of choice and then moving and being great on another platform is the way to go. But I know there's also pressure for, to be everywhere. So just shout out to people who can do that, which is, it's a hard feat to get on multiple platforms. Yeah, I almost feel like we need to take a moment of silence for our social pros <laughs> community who find themselves in these unfortunate shoes every day. <laughs> managing all the channels and trying to also manage expectations internally at their organizations is probably, it's not a position that you think you're ever going to find yourself in, but it is definitely true for, I think, a lot of our listeners. You know, one of my, I, I saw a post on the Marketing Millennials page a, uh, a few days ago that I think just highlights why you find success and it's a good learning. It was um, the Molly Pretty retweet a post that said, I hope this email finds you well. 
And she said in her tweet, ironically, I was doing well, and then your email found me. And Anna, I think to your earlier point, I, I do feel like you're doing a public service on the academy side to stop that kind of behavior. <laughs> we all benefit when you find success in both, in both channels. Talk a little about, I mean, you've got, you've got a sizable community and marketing millennials, almost 450,000. What are some things you have learned along the path of building that, that you feel like were key to, to igniting that growth or, because that's orders of magnitude larger, I think, than a lot of even brands on LinkedIn that have that many customers in their wheelhouse, but they can't yet find that community on LinkedIn I got lucky because I built a little bit of a personal brand first. And I think if you look at successful profiles on a lot of, on the say TikTok and the TikTok I got from the inspiration of like building a marketing millennials, because I think about how these like Gen Z kids are creating hype houses to build up their and co-creating together to build up a, a community. And I, what I thought about is like, if I can use Mark Daniel Murray to just push the initial fire in marketing millennials to build that up, then the fire will get ignited and then it will just keep going. So I used Daniel Murray at the beginning to do that. But I think the the key is quantity gets to quality in social. For me, it's, it's just testing a bunch of stuff. It's getting to know the audience. I think also going back to what I said before is I deeply spend time understanding marketers because I am a marketer and it helps me because I understand marketing where I think that's one of the keys to building a, a good social presence is expertise, especially in B2B. B2C is a, I think any company is just like learning your audience, but I think in B2B, it's more about expertise because you have to understand what they care about, what they care about the day-to-day. Is this information, do they resonate or they're not going to resonate with it? And I think you get that through testing a bunch of types of content. Um, you get that from reading comments. You get that from spending time consuming marketing content, not just on social, outside on podcasts, on books, seeing how marketers, you do that by conversations. So I think it's just spending time learning. And the, what I learned is just, I just look at what posts are successful and not successful, what topics are successful and not successful, double down on topics that are more successful, maybe test other parts of other subjects, but I think it's double downing on what I think is successful. So I've been double downing on topics that I thought were going to be successful in marketing millennials. I doubled down that on the podcast. The podcast does the same thing. It's it's kind of funny because the platforms are different, but topics for marketers don't change. Like I think just the way you deliver it changes, the way you share it changes, but what they care about doesn't change. So if you learn what they care about, it'll be successful on every platform if you do it what the platform wants. So I know if something works on Twitter, it will work on LinkedIn. If it works on LinkedIn, I know that topic will work on a newsletter. If I knew it works on a newsletter, I could do that. So what I think about is creating one channel for, as the main channel of thinking about what I'm gonna do and then deliver it in different formats on other channels. But if you know the topics that people care about, it gets so much easier because then you just could narrow down your focus on the topics that people care about. Just keep writing about those topics. Um, you could throw in a couple of things that you've seen have worked, but those are just tests at the end of the day. But just focus on the topics that people care about and then an audience will come. I think a lot of people just don't look at 
what people care about or ask what people care about or see what comes up multiple times or just go look at the audience that you have and see, okay, okay, 25% of social media people, maybe I should just post more about social media because 25% of my audience care about that um, or 25% of my content care about content creation. I'm just throwing out numbers. But that's how I think about it. And that's how I get ignited because I just deeply just look all the time of what's resonating, what doesn't resonate. And I'd read comments to see what's resonating. I'll take questions that people have asked multiple times and turn that into content. So I think that's what you just, it's just continuous audience research. And that changes, topics do change. Like now TikTok's big. So like producing more TikTok content is content about TikTok is going to do better. Two years ago, it might have not done better. So I think there's also relevant content now, and there's also content that is always going to be relevant, like copywriting and psychology and caring about human beings. I think those topics will always be relevant. Daniel, again, just to underscore what we've, a really big thread of what we've been talking about today with really knowing and understanding your audience. I think now is a really good time to just remind our own Social Pearls audience that you have over 27.9 thousand followers on Twitter alone and over 100,000, 102,000 followers on LinkedIn. So obviously you have replicated the success for yourself by understanding your own audience and really driving towards what they want to hear, what they want to learn about, how they want to grow and really delivering this content. So just want to double down on that. The other thing that I wanted to um, double click into was that you had mentioned TikTok. And I know obviously one of the things that you mentioned throughout the course of our conversation is that you have really limited resources right now. But we also know that one of the areas that you're interested in growing into the future is through video, especially with TikTok and with YouTube Shorts. I'm curious about how you're kind of looking at that transition because you bring up a really good point, which is that quantity really leads to quality. So are you taking that same approach into moving much more into short form video or are you thinking about it in different ways? Um, Because obviously video does take a little bit more to produce. Um, It doesn't obviously have to be crazy high polish anymore, but it does take a little bit more effort um, than, you know, typically written content in some ways. So just curious about how you're thinking about expanding into that avenue in the future. Yeah, I think for TikTok, what I'm going to do is classic repurposing, but just for the platform. So one, repurposing podcast episodes of great clips of people in the podcast. Two, repurposing great clips of people who are talking on the internet about marketing, being the curation part of it. And then three, what I truly believe is having people experts on the platform to do that. So we just mark, at least in the Mark Millennial side, and I want to do this with sales impact. We have Morgan Ingram. So he's is a, a character himself that we could utilize, which once he has more time, we can utilize that. But I think for me, I just hired a, a creator for TikTok who can be on TikTok, who can create videos on TikTok. And I think this is an underrated thing to put brands now, I think, for platforms there and just to be clear there is a big separations between creators and social media managers like creators understand platforms they understand how it works a social media manager has to understand all that and also deal with internal bullcrap and calendars and legal and all that craziness so but if you 
if you can find some great creators to create on that platform for you as a social media person, that's how I'm thinking about it. So I'm not a video person myself, so I know that was never going to happen for me, but I know I have tons of things I could repurpose. I know I, I know I'm hiring someone who actually, I deeply understand the platform, but I know someone who deeply understand the platform better for me. And also someone who could put their face on TikTok. Cause I think there needs to be a face of a brand that people connect with because people connect with people. And I think that's key for TikTok. So yeah, I am definitely thinking about TikTok and I'm going to start doing the, what I said at the beginning of Mark Miller, just quantity until I reach quality. So just putting out a bunch of things, seeing what works, seeing what doesn't, and not worrying about individual videos, but worrying about what story it tells and why I'm doing it in the mission of marketing millennials, which is just to be a place for marketers to get great marketing content. I love it. Love that approach. Um, and really, really genuinely love that advice about quality leads to quantity. I'm excited to see what else you do on both fronts. Um, for everybody else, though, who wants to follow along, where is the best place that they can follow you? Where do you recommend that they go? And how can they sign up for the Marketing Millennials newsletter? Yeah, I mean, the Marketing Millennials page on LinkedIn. I also started building up Instagram. So Instagram is a fun little avenue, too. And then also the Marketing Millennials newsletter. If you type in Google, the Marketing Millennials Daniel Murray newsletter will come up and then you could sign up there. But I always recommend just looking at the content first on LinkedIn and Instagram. And if you like that, then you can go tune into the podcast and you could go tune into the newsletter, but start off just seeing if you like my content first and then moving over to the newsletter when that, if you like marketing content, you probably will like the newsletter, but start off with the the easier route of just following a social media profile. Well, I think everybody's going to love the content. So Social Pros listeners, definitely go to LinkedIn right now. Follow Daniel Murray. Also subscribe to uh, the Marketing Millennials community on LinkedIn and also subscribe to the newsletter. And while you're doing that, we are in the meantime going to go ahead and get to our final two questions with Daniel Murray. Daniel, are you ready for the final two questions of today? Yes, I am definitely ready. So first question, um, you've already given so much advice on this podcast, but first question is, if you could give a piece of advice to anyone who wants to become a social pro, what would it be? The one piece of advice I always say, and I think it goes down to the quantity, I mean, quantity equals quality, is just consistency and patience wins in social. A lot of people forget about that it, it's, it's a long game. Um, that you have to play if you want to be successful in social. And some of the best have done it for 10 years. Some of the best have done it, but, but it, it's not going to happen in t one month. Um, it's not going to happen in two months. It will happen. It might not even happen in six months, but you just have to play the game of just being there consistently. It's just like working out. You have to, you can't just be a marathon runner by running once a month. Like you, can, you have to have a training regimen to do that. And that's what my, Best. I know it's simple, but I, just so many people just don't do that simple thing of just being consistent and being patient on social. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're a solid two decades into social media being a central part of our lives. And there's still something new to learn every single day and something new to try, something different coming out, a new feature. So love that. Absolutely agree. 
All right, Daniel, second and final question of the day. If you could have a video call with any living person, who would it be? Um, going down the marketing route, I would say probably Gary V. The reason for that is because I just want to pick his brain up how he developed this content system that I want to do um, and how he executed it. So I think a loving person that I would love to just sit and just pick his brain on that is Gary Vee, because I think he's nailed it down on multiple platforms and he understands where social is going as well. So in the this realm, I would pick Gary B. I I feel like between you and Gary Vee, that would be an insanely in-depth, ridiculously helpful and interesting conversation. So I hope I hope you get the chance to chat with him soon and that we all get to hear it. I hope you broadcast it. If I get a conversation with Gary Vee, I know he would be mad if I wasn't documenting it. So, <laughs> That's true. Uh, um, so it'll be great to, if that happens. But you know what? Being patient, waiting it out, seeing if it happens. But I will also attempt some cold emails here and there or dig into the community eventually to see if anybody has connections to get him on the pod or get him to do something with the Mark Millennials. Nice. I'm just going to go ahead and say right now that that's going to happen. Um, and then, you know, Daniel and I will be uh, listening and uh, and supporting you and maybe throwing a couple of, maybe it'll be a LinkedIn Live and uh, Daniel and I, I can love. throw you some questions. I would love a LinkedIn Live with Gary V. Um, so if Gary, if you're hearing this, I know you probably listen to this because you are a social pro. So Gary V, if you listen to this, hop on the podcast whenever you want or LinkedIn Live. Exactly. All right. Well, we look forward to that conversation. I'm also looking forward to seeing what else you do in the future. Lots of big plans in store that we talked about today. Daniel Murray, thank you so much for being on the show today. It was so great to chat with you. This has been super fun. Thank you, both of you. This has been great, Daniel and Anne. This has been amazing. Thanks so much for listening. Tune in next week to hear more great insights from marketing's coolest operators. If you haven't already, Please consider subscribing to the Marketing Millennials podcast and giving it a five-star rating. It helps bring more marketers into our community.